Hey, thank you so much for joining us online today. Hey, we're believing that wherever you're at today, you're going to be refreshed and encouraged in the presence of God. So come on, let's sing these songs together. Never stop working, never stop, never stop working. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Come on, do you believe it? Yeah. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. Cause even when I don't feel it, you're 
stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. Cause even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. Oh, way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yeah. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Cause even when, cause even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, see we make
There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. There's a table that you prepared for me. your body and your blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. And I believe you've overcome and I will live my song of praise for all you've done. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.
Father, we just thank you for tonight. We just thank you for what you're doing in this place, what you're doing amongst our church family, what you're doing. And, Father, we thank you for it. We lift you up right now. We praise you right now. We thank you that we're thankful people. We're thankful that we're alive right now. We're thankful that you are moving in this nation. You are moving in our homes. You are moving at our jobs. You're moving, Father, in our families right now. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We're thankful people. Wherever you're at right now, if you're at your home, or you're in your car, wherever you're at right now, I just challenge you to lift your hands for a second and let's thank God. God, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. We thank you. You're moving. You're changing things. You're changing things in this country, in this nation. You're changing things for our future. You're changing things for our health. You're changing things. You're moving things. And we're thankful people, Father. We're thankful that we're alive today to experience what you want to do in this world world and in this nation and we thank you that the greatest days of the church are ahead the greatest days of revival are ahead the greatest plans that you have for us are ahead and we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen you could be seated this morning well we're glad you're here watching online with us today if you got your Bibles with you could you turn to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, starting verse 8, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. We're going to start there, and I want to encourage you this morning about several things. 
But I want to start off with saying just an exhortation to you about what's happening in this world today. I just want to say that God is moving. He's moving in this planet right now. And really the greatest days of revival are ahead for us and for the church. And I believe that with all my heart. Because really what's happening right now is all talked about in your Bible. It's all mentioned in your Bible about that revival is going to take place. And God is going to come back for a church without spot or without wrinkle. And a church that's on fire and ready to go. And these are the greatest days. You know, what's happening in the world right now is shaking up the world and the church, which is actually a good thing. It's good that the world and the church are both being shaken up right now because we needed to be shaken up. The world is realizing that they have no answers, that the health system has no answers, that the financial system has no answers, that none of these things have the answers. And the church is waking up from its stupor and awakening as the giant it needs to be to see the greatest move of God this earth has ever seen. So it's really good what's happening right now. I know, how can you say it can be good? Well, the Bible says what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for the good. And really, he can shake things up to the point that the church's greatest days are ahead of us. Revival is ahead of us at Church on the Rock. So I'm excited about that this morning. I just want to encourage you that revival and the greatest days are ahead for us. So let's read 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to start in verse 8 in the New King James Version. And we're going to read from 8 to 18. It's a longer passage, but I really want to read the whole thing because it's important today. It says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so that death working in us, but life in you. Now, verse 13. Now, that's about to get really good right now. It says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up, with the Lord Jesus and present us with you for all these things are for your sakes that the grace having been spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Now we're not done yet. Verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet our inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction which is before a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary everybody say temporary but the things which are seen are eternal so if you're taking notes today the title of my message is the outlook of faith, the outlook of faith. I'm encouraged about this today because God gave me this message about a week ago, and we're talking about the outlook of faith this morning. We're going to continue about faith over fear. So I was thinking about faith, and faith can be explained a lot of different ways. You know, I heard this example given before about faith, and they talked about if a person or several people, let's say 50 different people climbed up a mountain on every different side of the mountain. They would notice that when 50 different people climbed up different sides of the mountain, if they all got to the top, 
they would explain it 50 different ways. Now, which one of those people would be wrong? None of them would be wrong at all. But they would explain it 50 different ways. That's the thing about faith. Faith in the Bible is explained in so many different ways. And they're all different, but none of them are wrong because really in different seasons, and you could write this down, in different seasons, God will reveal different aspects of the life of faith that you need in that season. And so we need to understand that God reveals different types and aspects of faith when we need it the most. We see that faith is believing in your heart. We know that. That's something that we all believe. We, we know that faith is your words. We know that faith is your actions. But I want to talk about something different uh, this morning, and I want to talk about faith is the way you see, or faith is your outlook or your perspective on life. Someone would say it's your worldview that what you believe and how you see in faith. And so some people believe certain things, whether that's right or wrong, and that's their worldview. But believers, our worldview or our perspective or the way we see the world should be influenced by our faith in God. So God will reveal different aspects of the life of faith in the different seasons we are in. And so that's what I want to talk about today, the outlook of faith, knowing that faith is the way you see things, or faith is your perspective, your attitude, your outlook today. Now, I wrote this down, and some of you have heard this quote, but life is 10% what happens to you and 90% on how you see it and how you respond to it. Now, a lot of us think it's the opposite. We think it's 90% what is happening to us and 10% on how we respond to it. But no, life is 10% what happens to us and the 90% that we get to choose is how we see it and how we respond to it. I heard it said like this before. You can't always control what's happening around you, but you can always control what's happening in you and how you see it. That's what you have control over. So no matter what you go through, if you can control what's going on on the inside of you, your spirit and your mindset, you can make it to wherever you need to go because you have control on how you see it and how you respond to it. And faith should be our response. And faith, it should be the way we see things because faith should be our outlook on how we see life, how we see troubles, how we see any situation that could come to us. Now, I was thinking about this. There's been times in my life that I needed some help. And a lot of times what I needed more than the circumstance to change, I needed the way I thought about or the way I saw the circumstance to change. I was thinking about times in my life, there was a season in my life I was having a lot of panic attacks. I was having a lot of depression, and, and I was wondering how I could get to the other side of this. And I was praying and believing, and it seemed like nothing was working, and it seemed like things weren't changing. But then I had to have some people in my life to talk to me, and they gave me a better perspective, a better attitude, a better way of seeing things. And notice when I saw it differently, the circumstances started to change. But I had to see it differently on my inside first before it changed on the outside. So really a lot of us, what we're going through right now in this world, you got to see it the right way and then the circumstances will change as soon as you start to look at it with the attitude or the outlook of faith. Are you getting something? So it's so important that we can control how we see things and how we respond to it. We can control that. 
you know, there's some things happening in this world that are outside of our control. Uh, this virus that's affecting the whole world, that's somewhat outside of our control. Uh, the government shutdown, that's outside of our control. But how we see it and how our attitude is right now and our perspective on it will change the circumstances. It might not change it for everybody, but it will change it for us and it will change it for our family. Because God says you need to have the outlook or the spirit and perspective of faith. So we're talking about faith over fear. So when you change the way you see it, then the thing will change in your life. When you choose to focus on the things you can control, which is the way you see things and the way you respond to it, then the circumstances around you will change because faith is the way of looking at things. It's an outlook. It's perspective. It's an attitude. It's the spirit of faith. You know, I've seen this already in my life. You could have two different people, same circumstances. I've seen it before. Two people could go through really hard stuff. We're talking about they go through death, traumatic events, abuse, all sorts of stuff go on in their life. And one person have the outlook of faith and one person have the outlook of fear. The person that has the outlook of fear, they will remain a victim the rest of their life. Now, it's real what they went through, but you have a choice on how you see it and how you respond to it. It's real what happened to you, but you have control over how you respond to it. And I've seen two different people face the same things, and one be a victim their whole life because they didn't see it right, and one be a victor because they saw it the right way. And I've seen that same person who went through trauma and abuse and death and a dysfunctional home and all sorts of tragedy in their life and poverty and sickness, and I've seen that person come out of it because they had the outlook and attitude of faith And when they got out of it, their life became a testimony because of what they went through. And they were able to help other people just because their outlook of faith. So whether you're a victim or a victor is not up to what happens to you. It's how you respond to it and how you see it. Come on, it's good this morning, isn't it? And so we can choose on how we see it. I've seen it many times. Two different people, same scenario, uh, same issues, same things in their life. One be a victim, one be a victor, all based on how they saw it and how they responded to it. It's called the outlook of faith, the attitude of faith, the perspective of faith. So we see that your Bible says, and you can write this down in Hebrews 11.3, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Let's think about this for a second. The worlds were framed by the word of God. You know, the way you see things is affected by the words you speak. It says that the worlds that we see now, not just our planet, but the universe, was framed by the Word of God. And how you frame it is how you see it. Now, you don't have control over the universe because you're not God, but you have control over your world. And you can frame your world by your words. And how you frame it is how you'll see it. So our words have power in framing the situations we're in. You know, you could talk right now about what's going on in the world and say, I'm depressed, I'm discouraged, nothing's ever going to change, or probably going to lose my job, probably going to get the virus, probably going to get sick. And how you frame it is how you'll see it. And that will be that way for you because you framed it. Or you could look at this and say, you know what, I get more time with my kids right now. 
I get more time with my family right now. And you know what? Even if I did lose my job, God will give me a better job. And whatever happens, I know I'm going to be okay because God is with me and God is on our side. And this is only temporary. And that is called the outlook of faith. But how you frame it is how you'll see it. So think about this. I have some pictures hanging up in my office. And if I was the one who hung those pictures up and I framed them and they were crooked, when I go into my office, I can't blame anybody for how it looks in there. Why? Because how I frame it is how I see it. In your life right now, what you feel, what you see, what you experience, don't look at anybody else. How you framed it is how you're seeing it. And we can frame our world with our words just like God did in the beginning. He framed the worlds with his words. And how we frame it is how we'll see it. How can we do that? Because faith is our outlook. It's our perspective. It's our attitude. And we frame it by our words. How we frame it is how we'll see it. You guys get some. So let's turn back over to 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to read this again. And I'm going to give you some context for 2 Corinthians 4. Now we are going to talk about the Apostle Paul for a second. And to give you some context, the Apostle Paul... Great man of God, great apostle, but if you're reading this and you don't know the background, you don't see the significance of what he's saying. The apostle Paul went through hell on earth at times. He was thrown into prison. He was beat up by Christians. He was beat up by non-Christians. He was bitten by snakes. He was shipwrecked. He went through tragedy and obstacles. Why? Because he was called of God and the enemy was trying to stop him. So before I read these verses again, realize the apostle Paul wasn't living this perfect life with no troubles and no obstacles. Actually, he probably had it a lot worse than any of us right now. And the Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. You know that that passage right there, it says, we have the same spirit of faith. I want you to know this morning, you have the same spirit of faith that every person in the Bible that did great things from God, they had. Whether that's Moses or Abraham or David or Esther or Jeremiah or Isaiah or the, the apostles, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all those apostles, Peter, James, John, Think about all those great men and women of God. They all had faith, and we have the same spirit of faith that they have. So think about this. I was looking this word up, spirit of faith, and we know that that could be uh, something more supernatural, which it is, and you can receive that. Other people that have the spirit of faith can impart that to you. But really, in some commentaries I wrote here, it says that the spirit of faith could be translated the outlook of, or the attitude of faith, since we have this same attitude of faith, since we have this same perspective of faith, since we have the same outlook and, and understanding and worldview of faith, this is how we see our life. So now read 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 18, knowing that, because he's saying in this passage that we need to have this outlook of faith, and then he's writing it saying, this is what the attitude or outlook of faith looks like. So let me read it to you for a second, because faith does not deny that the situation is going on. I don't deny what's going on in this country right now. 
I don't deny what's going on in the world. I don't deny the virus or the financial situation. But listen, faith doesn't deny the problem. Faith denies its power to have influence in your life. That's what faith does because we have to look beyond it to a greater truth and a greater reality. So we don't deny it that it's happening, but we can deny it influence into our life by the way we see it. So 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, listen to what the spirit of faith says. You're going to hear it differently after what I just explained to you. We have the same spirit of faith. Notice what he says. We are hard-pressed on every side. That's the reality. But what does the spirit of faith say? Yet we're not crushed. Reality. We are perplexed. Spirit of faith says, but we're not in despair. The reality, we're persecuted, but then the spirit of faith says, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. And notice it jumps down to verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. Let's jump down to verse 16. Spirit of faith, this is what they talk like. This is the attitude of faith, the outlook of faith. Notice what it says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is the same man that's had trouble on every side. He said earlier, he said the reality of it is we have pressure. We have been struck down. We have been persecuted. We have went through all sorts of stuff for the gospel, yet we have the spirit of faith, so we're going to be okay, and we're going to get on the other side of this. And notice what he says, therefore we do not lose heart. Or the New Living says, this is why we never give up. Though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So the reality is, yeah, our outward man is perishing, but the faith life says, but the inward man is being renewed. Notice verse 17. For our affliction, which is but for a moment, is working us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, why? Because faith is the way you see it but at the things which are not seen. Notice we're not looking at the natural because you'll get discouraged. We're looking at the supernatural. We're looking at a higher truth, a higher reality because we have the outlook of faith. We don't look at the things that are seen, but we look at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Everybody say temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm excited about this passage. I don't know about you. I want to... Go back into verse 16 because it says, we don't lose heart. Let those words encourage you. The New Living says, this is why we never give up. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to lose heart. Let me give you some perspective, just in the natural. And I think this is funny because I saw it on the Internet, which you know if it's on the Internet, it has to be true, right? On the Internet, internet it said this. Let's just give it a little perspective right now. It says, our grandparents were asked to go to World War II to fight Hitler and the Nazis. And we are being asked to stay at home with our kids and watch Netflix. It's going to be okay. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Just a comment like that. Put it into perspective, people. Think about the outlook of faith, the attitude of faith. Just, just a natural example. It's not that bad. It's not that hard. 
It doesn't mean there's not difficult things right now, and you can feel the heaviness on people and in this world, but we're looking at a higher reality and a greater truth, and we look through the eyes of faith. We have the attitude of faith. We have the outlook of faith, so we see things differently than the world sees it. But he says we don't lose heart. Even though this outward man is perishing, it is. But our inward man, our real person on the inside, is being renewed. Verse 17, for our light affliction, notice, which is but for a moment or temporary, is working for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the reason we get fearful of things. And you know what it comes down to a lot of times? We get afraid in a situation when we think it's going to last forever. That's why we're scared. If someone told you next week this is going to be different, you wouldn't be scared anymore. If someone said it's going to change in a month, you wouldn't be scared anymore. If somebody said in a year from now, your life's going to be completely different, there's no reason to fear. You wouldn't be afraid. The reason all of us fear is because we think it's going to last forever. And it's not. The Bible says that it is light, momentary, and temporary compared to eternity. Whatever we're going through right now, it's only temporary. I want you to say that. It's only temporary. Whatever we're dealing with right now, it's only temporary. I remember a time in my life, I mentioned this earlier, having some panic attacks, having some uh, depression, and and I didn't feel right. And I felt like at the time, it was so overwhelming, it felt like I was never going to get out of it. And that was the reason I was afraid. That's the reason you're afraid, is you think it's going to last forever. I'm always going to feel this way. It's always going to be this way. This is always going to happen. And we get scared when we think it's forever. But the Bible says it's not. Nothing is forever other than God and his word. And it says that whatever you're going through is a light affliction, which is for a moment. The New Living says our present troubles are small and won't last very long. We have to see our life in light of eternity. Whatever you're going through right now won't last long. It's only a momentary light affliction. And it can produce for you, if you think about it the right way, greater glory, greater strength, and greater faith could come out of this situation if you handle it the right way. Now, I was thinking and praying about these verses. And when I was about to preach this, because I was wondering, you know, God, how do I share this? Because I don't want to make light of everything that's going on because it's real. Like there's really people that have the virus. There's really people that have died from this. There's really financial hardships on people. And you know what? God corrected me, and he wasn't talking about other people, but he was talking about the way that I saw it because I was saying, God, I don't want to make light of it. And he goes, you should make light of it. And then he gave me this verse. What does it say? For our light affliction which is but for a moment. He says, don't make light of what other people are going through, but the way you see it, Jordan, you need to see it through the outlook and attitude of faith, and the way you need to see it is a light, temporary, momentary bump in the road, and then we're going to get to the other side of this, and the way you see it in the eyes of faith, you need to see it as something that's going to be light and easy. It's a momentary. Now, that's what your Bible says, not what I made up. The Bible says... Now, this is the same Apostle Paul that was thrown in prison and beaten 
and had all sorts of stuff to him. He said it is a light affliction, which is but for a moment. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. That's what he said. So don't treat what other people are going through as a light thing, but the way you see it, the attitude and the perspective and the outlook of faith sees it as light and momentary. It's temporary. It's only temporary. Anything in your life that's an obstacle right now, it's only temporary. Just like we talked about last week, a storm is not forever. It's only temporary. What's going on in this country is only temporary. The virus is only temporary. The financial situation is only temporary. And the eyes and outlook of faith says this is a light affliction. This is small and it's momentary, but there is far greater glory coming. Why? Because we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You getting something. So we have to see beyond it to a greater truth and a greater reality. That's the way the outlook of faith sees things. So once again, what is the spirit of faith? It is the attitude of faith, the perspective of faith, the outlook of faith, the way you see things. And the way you see it is the way it will be in your life. The way you frame it with your words, with your thoughts, is the way it will be. Let's turn over to one more passage, James 1, verse 2. Still talking about the outlook of faith and talking about how we can go through things but still have the perspective and eyes of faith. You know, you can go through stuff or you can grow through stuff. But that's your decision. And that's your choice. How many know a lot of people just go through stuff and they're worse off on the end of it because they didn't choose to grow through it? But the Bible says when you face tough things like this, you can grow through it or you can go through it. And I'm going to choose to grow through this, not go through this. So on the other side of whatever's happening right now in the world, I'm going to be stronger in my faith on the other side because I didn't just get through it. I didn't just eke by. I didn't just go through it. I grew through this thing. And that's your choice. And notice that's what James 1, 2 through 4 says. Listen to what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, that's what's happening right now. See, some of us haven't used our faith in years And you're wondering why it feels difficult right now. Because your faith hasn't had an opportunity to be tested, and now it's given opportunity to grow. So it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Underline that. A chance to grow. Verse 4, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. But he says, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. That is the complete opposite of the way we all respond to troubles. But notice, that's what the outlook of faith says and does. You can look at the situation as an obstacle or an opportunity. 
But the outlook of faith says this is an opportunity for greater joy, for greater faith, for greater purpose. It doesn't always feel good at the moment, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity not to get through it, but to grow through it. And I can have joy in the midst of this. Why? Because my faith is going to grow because it's being tested. You know, some would say your faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows. And a lot of us, let's be honest, we live in the most prosperous, healthy nation on the planet. A lot of us don't face many challenges. And we can say we're faith people all day long when everything's going right. But we don't really know till situations happen like this. So what's happening right now? There's being some weight put on the bar of our faith right now. Our faith is being, the Bible says, your faith has opportunity to be tested and your endurance has a chance to grow. So through this, we're going to grow through this and we're going to be able to lift more weight with our faith if we grow through it, not just go through it. And when we come out the other side, notice what it says in verse 4. So let it grow, your faith muscle, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. And needing nothing. Why? Because you chose to grow your faith muscle through this. But the only way you could do that is if you saw it with the eyes of faith. The outlook of faith. I think that's so important. We can see what we're going through now as an obstacle or an opportunity. Our choice. An opportunity for greater joy. An opportunity for our faith muscle to be tested and to grow stronger. And really situations like this, whether we like them or not, they're uncomfortable, but they can grow our faith if we think about it the right way. And that's if we have the outlook of faith. Amzie and Shelby Lynn, can you come back for a moment? I want to share another verse with you and then a quote, and we'll wrap up. But James 1, in verse 2 through 4 in the message translation, talking about the outlook of faith. In the message, it says this, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. That's kind of like what's going on in the world right now. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient, in any way. Isn't that good? In James 1, 2 through 4 in the message. Talking about the outlook of faith. And I want to read you one last quote that will encourage you this morning from Dr. Lester Summerall. Man of God who changed the world. He changed nations for God. And in his 80s he wrote this. Something to encourage us about the outlook of faith and endurance here. Something that we can grow through. Now let this quote challenge you. It says, when I didn't quit, I won. If you don't quit, you will win. Whatever you start, complete it. If the place is hard, finish it. If people are against you, hold fast. God will deliver you from all your oppressors and all your enemies. Now, what did we talk about earlier? We talked about things are temporary. Notice what he says. No condition in the world will last forever, good or bad. It will always turn out for the good of those who will be faithful to the Most High God. Come on, did you get something today? Come on, I'm encouraged about the outlook of faith. Come on, Amzie, let's sing. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
Father, we just thank you for your word right now. We thank you for what we received tonight. We thank you that we, as your church, is going to have the outlook of faith, the perspective of faith, the attitude and spirit of faith. That's who we are. We are faith people, and this is a faith church. And, Father, we choose today to see this the right way. We choose to see obstacles and troubles the right way. We, we choose to see what we're going through right now in the eyes of of faith, and we see the answer, and we see the future. Why? Because we're not looking at the things that are seen. We are looking at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We choose today to go into this with great joy, knowing that it's an opportunity for our faith to grow and to be tested. And we, when we come out the other side, we're going to be mature and developed. Our faith is going to have grown and been strengthened. Why? Because of what we have decided to do, and we've decided to grow through this situation. I pray, Father, that people's faith would grow supernaturally right now through this time, that you would develop us, you would change us, you would transform us, that we would come out stronger and better on the other side. Help us to see with the eyes of faith, Father. We're asking that right now. Help us to see with the eyes of faith. Help us to see anything we come into contact with, with the eyes and the attitude and outlook of faith. And we believe it and we receive it and we thank you for it. We pray right now for your people, wherever they're at. If they're at home right now, wherever they're 
uh, going, if they're in their car or they're at the grocery store, we pray for protection for them right now. We thank you for supernatural protection around them and their family. We thank you for healing for their bodies, for their minds, for their spirits. We thank you for strength, for energy for them. We command anxiety to go. We command worry to go. We command depression and discouragement to go. And the peace of God and the joy of the Lord to be their strength right now. And we thank you that the peace of God would supernaturally come into their house, come into their lives, come into wherever they go, and supernaturally take over. And the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and minds. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.